Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life for Wired podcast. And thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, August 6th. Today's episode is going to be all about finding the balance between alcohol and health. And this is a topic that Christine and I take a lot of just pride and passion in because we've really, you know, transformed our habits around alcohol um, over the years, you know, since we first met to where we are now. Um, you know, we obviously have certain fitness goals ourselves and we, you know, kind of operate at a high level day by day. And so we just have to always be mindful of our consumption and just, you know, how we're able to show up, how we're able to show up from an energy energy standpoint, um, you know, just a productivity standpoint on a daily basis. And so um, this episode is going to really just kind of set the foundation of, you know, how alcohol impacts our health. And, you know, knowing knowing these things and knowing how it does impact our health, we can then better make decisions around, you know, how we decide to balance this for ourselves. Because I we truly do believe that, you know, this is something that you guys have to find for yourself. This is a balance that you have to you know, really work to find. Um, and we're never going to sit here and tell you what to do. We're just going to give you guys the facts and the information and let you decide for yourselves. But before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the so-called, you know, healthy protein bars that you find on the market are unfortunately just heavily processed with a lot of fillers and unnatural ingredients. And so Anytime you guys are navigating the grocery store, you know we're big fans of checking those ingredient labels. They just won't lie. You know, there's going to be so much marketing on the front trying to get you, you know, to buy the the brand or the company's product. Um, but when in doubt, always check those ingredients. They will not lie to you. Um, and we know that if we consume too much processed food too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And this is really why, you know, we love the Nash bars personally. We never even have to think twice about the ingredients. We just had one each this morning uh, with our coffee and they truly are the good for you protein bar. So make sure you guys head to the show notes after today's episode to get yourself a box of bars to try. So on to today's episode, this is episode number 97. Once again, closely um, getting to that, you know, number 100, but really guys, you know, the foundation of this episode is going to be really about finding that balance and balance sometimes can be so just ambiguous, you know, of a term. And this is why, you know, we've talked about this on podcasts before and in the past, but we, you know, truly are firm believers that this is something you guys have to find for yourselves. It's just important to know, like know and understand the facts, know and understand, you know, what you're doing to your body or to your health. And then you make decisions accordingly on how you decide pretty much to execute. Um, but we just want to give you guys the, the facts, the information, a little background, even on ourselves and our kind of just history and, um, you know, of alcohol consumption and just how we've now kind of found that balance for ourselves. But you know, the biggest thing I think that most of us have to realize is like, this doesn't have to be necessarily an all or nothing thing. And I think in just our polarizing society that we're in right now, you know, you're constantly every single day on social media, on every, you know, different podcast, different news outlets, constantly being bombarded by, you know, you should either party and go off the rails and live your life and, you know, with no ramifications at all. And then you have the other rhetoric of like, you know, do not drink at all. It's poison. You're going to die like just so polarizing. And so, um, you know, we truly believe that there is a happy medium there and we do have to understand, you know, alcohol is a toxin. At the end of the day, there are some negative health implications that we have to consider, you know, if we are going to drink alcohol. And again, that doesn't mean that we have to cut it out completely. Um, you know, we can manage the volume, the frequency, you know, this is something that we talk about all the time when it comes to like, you know, maybe eating some foods or, you know, having some drinks that, maybe aren't totally aligned, you know, with our goals that might, you know, be a little bit of a deviation from our normal habits. That's okay when we are controlling that volume and that frequency, because at the end of the day, you guys have heard us say this so many times on this podcast, but 
what you do most of the time will always matter the most. And I know for me personally, anytime I'm trying to basically optimize any area of my life, I always try to take an audit of like, what does my Monday through Sunday look like with that habit or with, you know, for the, for, you know, this example with alcohol, you know, what does it look like Monday through Monday through Sunday? How can I audit that and, you know, get it to be a little bit more balanced with my goals while also still not being completely all or nothing. And so at the end of the day, I think we just have to get clear on, you know, what we really want personally and what we value and we know, and, and just understanding that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be completely all out binge drinking or no alcohol at all. There can be an in-between and you ultimately just have to find out where that in-between is for you. I think it takes a lot of time to figure out what your in-between looks like. I think in your 20s, entering your 30s, drinking is very social. It's a common thing that you do if you go out to dinner, you go out to celebrate something. Drinking is just always very present. I feel like over the past couple of years, it's becoming more normal not to drink or to have mocktails on alcoholic beers, which I think is really cool because it's just helping shift the narrative to more of that balance. And with anything, soul food, alcohol, it is all about moderation. And I think that it's really hard to define until you figure out it's kind of like trial and error. So throughout our 20s, we figured out what is a little bit too much and what's that perfect sweet spot. And it takes time and it's not always perfect. But I think that over the years, we've really cut back for our own personal reasons. We've talked a lot about it on the podcast for digestion, for me, mental health, clarity, just like we definitely feel those negative effects of drinking more and more as we enter our late 20s for me, early 30s. (laughs) And it gets worse and worse every year. So I think it's something just to really pay attention to and just like shift your moderation over time. So over the years, I feel like we started dating right before the pandemic. During those times, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So we were drinking a little bit more in those times. But over the years, we've cut back not only the amount we're drinking per social occasion or per you know night, but also the frequency per week. And that's really helped us figure out our perfect tolerance. And it helps with our mental clarity for work. It helps with our energy. It helps with, for me, digestion a lot. So I think it's really important to cut back and figure out what your perfect sweet spot is. So for us over the years, we figured out like what our motivators are to cut back. If you hate that hungover feeling, if you, it's very common, experience anxiety, it's really important to be aware of that and make the proper decisions. Like those 1% better decisions do go a long way. For me, I've noticed a decrease in inflammation, increase in energy, decrease in anxiety. It really helps with my focus um, for work. So like if I were to drink on a Saturday, I would really feel the effects on Monday. And for me, like I have to show up at my peak level and even for us on Sundays to do this podcast. So for you guys, it's helped us cut back um, (laughs) in a positive way. So I think just over time, you really have to have that self-awareness. And that's with changing any habit, like self-awareness is the key to anything. So really figure out, number one, what's your key motivator to cut back? And over time, like start to do that audit, like Zach said, of like, how many times per week are you drinking? Can you go from three times a week to two? Can you go from two to one? Are you having 10 drinks per night? Can you cut back to five or six? Like finding that sweet spot is super important. But if you don't have self-awareness or reflect on your actions, it's going to be really hard to change your habits. Yeah. And understanding like it can change depending on where you're at in life. Like Mm -hmm. your habits might have to adapt and change. Like I know that's something where, you know, we were trying to kind of continuing, we were basically just like continuing to do what we've always done. And then when we got to these later, kind of like later 20s and, you know, our career shifted, you know, our obligations shifted, you know, higher responsibility and things like that. Like it does force you, you know, to, to audit, to figure out like, what do I need to pivot if I'm not getting the outcome that I'm looking for? Like if you're always feeling like crap, you know, you're always waking up on like a Sunday on the day that you really have to be productive to set your week up for success, but you're constantly just like in that state of like lethargy and you don't feel like you can do anything or want to do anything. And then Monday hits, it's like fight or flight. Like if that's not working for you, like 
feel free to audit, you know, that volume and that frequency and understand like, is this optimal for ultimately how I'm trying to live? Yeah, and I also think it depends. And I have a lot of clients in the summer months. It's a lot more social events. There's concerts, there's weddings, there's bachelorettes, all these things. I have a lot of clients who have a huge season of bachelorettes, weddings, bridal showers, where there's like drinking at every event. But sometimes you have to pick and choose which events mean most to you. Like, is this a non-negotiable? You yeah, like not just being event? like a yes woman or a yes man yes. all the time, but being able to say no if you've already say had like multiple of those experiences in a row or maybe like a big busy month. Like, how can I audit that and maybe control more of that volume and frequency? Yeah, and I think for a lot of people too, um, like happy hours for work or with clients is very common too. So. I like to ask my clients, like, okay, is it more important to you to have drinks with these coworkers you don't know or have a drink this weekend when you have a wedding, you're with your fiance or boyfriend, whoever that may be, like, which is more important to you? Because if you want to cut back on drinking, it's not just about fitting it into your macros. Like I used to think that I'm like, oh, if it's my macros, it's fine. My body composition, my inflammation, my digestion, everything was impacted by it. So it's not just a matter of if it fits your macros. It's like, does this fit my health goals? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that we drastically underestimate is like how that volume and frequency can really impact our results over time. Like literally just going from like, say you're someone that drinks, you know, four times a week, literally just going down to three times per week from four times per week will make a massive difference in the way that you look, move and feel. And, you know, same thing goes for someone who's maybe drinking like just over the weekends, like twice a weekend, say like that, you're finding that that's holding you back a little bit in the way that you want to feel and the way you want to progress in your fitness or your health goals, then, you know, going to maybe even like one time a week is going to drastically change those results. So we really underestimate like how these small edits and adjustments like to our week, like just the bigger impact that it can ultimately make on how we look, move and feel most of the time. And so this is the point of the episode where we really just wanted to kind of start to dive into, you know, basically like what happens to our body, what happens to our physiology, our biology when we are drinking alcohol, when we are consuming alcohol. And so the first one, you know, that we want to talk about, and this one's going to be pretty obvious as you guys hear this, but you know, your central nervous system, you know, alcohol does depress the central nervous system, initially lowering inhibitions and producing a feeling of relaxation with increased consumption, cognitive functions, motor skills, and decision-making abilities can become impaired, leading to slurred speech, poor coordination, and slower reflex times. And as you guys can hear, I mean, I'm sure we've all um, kind of been there where we've had these symptoms. But, um, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, this can cause us to, you know, have those lingering cognitive functions like into the next day or into the next couple of days where, you know, we're not performing well mentally, say in our job or in our work or, you know, for us, like Christina gave the example, like that's why we have to be mindful of like how much our consumption it like happened. Like what does our consumption look like before we go and record this podcast the next day? Because we know that, you know, some of those impacts of, um, you know, the central nervous system can then linger into that next day and how we perform. And then also, you know, this plays into how we perform inside of our training. You know, when our central nervous system is impacted, this is obviously going to impact the way we can show up and perform, you know, in our training from a central nervous system standpoint. Because when we, what we know is, is it's not only, you know, the muscles, you know, that are working when we're in our training, when we're in the gym, when we're getting after it, you know, it's also that central nervous system. And so we want to make sure that that central nervous system can operate, you know, at peak levels. So if we're, you know, if this is something that dominates our life, if drinking is something that, you know, is very prominent and is a very routine thing we do, we know that, you know, most of the time that central nervous system is going to be negatively impacted. Yeah, And you can definitely like get ahead of that. And if you have to get all your lifts in or you have to get in like big projects for work, like front loads your week, if you know, like your brain, your cognitive function is going to be impacted heavily, but also just recognize how big of an impact that makes on your mental health, because the next one is your brain health, obviously. I talked about how it definitely increases like anxiety for me, 
But chronic alcohol can lead to changes like long-term in the structure and function of your brain. It affects the neurotransmitters. It also can lead to mood changes, depression, anxiety, and decreased cognitive functions. And I'm sure we're all listening to this saying like, oh yeah, I can definitely feel that like days after drinking where it impacts like I typically would have like brain fog. I would have, you know, higher anxiety. I would just be more irritable. Like I wouldn't be able to handle things from like a positive mental space, especially when you're doing it chronically. Like if it's something you do often, you can definitely feel those impacts and you almost start to recognize it as your normal state. Mm -hmm. Like you start to realize like, oh, this is just my normal mental health, like moving forward. And until you scale back on drinking and recognize like, oh, this is actually my true baseline. I thought how I felt all the time was normal. It really starts to show you like the big contrast and like how your mental health is normally and then how it is when it's impacted by alcohol. Yeah. Just like you said, like if it's something you're doing all the time, like, and you're almost like used to these symptoms, like it becomes your norm. And I think that that was one of the biggest things for us that we've noticed is like, you know, back if you would have asked me like when we were like heavily like drinking like every single weekend and like sometimes even you know during the week sometimes even on sunday um you know if you would ask me back then like i would have been like no like i would never you know pull back this much but it's almost like when you do pull back just a little bit like you you don't realize how good you could have felt and then like now that we have pulled back we do regulate it a little bit better you know we do feel so much better mentally especially like honestly like that's where i noticed it too was like a lot of those sundays we would get to when we first met like my anxiety would be through the roof every single Sunday. Sunday. Like the Sunday scaries were hor- horrendous. Um, and I just didn't want to feel that way. Like it wasn't in a matter of even like, this is for how I'm going to look like being lean and stuff like that. And like watching it from that standpoint, it was more so like, I just really don't want to feel like crap. Like I really don't want to feel mentally fatigued. And something else that impacts us. And I don't think we even talked about how it impacts your sleep, but having the aura ring really showed us how much it impacts your REM sleep, which is actually where your body and your brain like recovers overnight, your Literally, memory, mentally your and physically. Function. And to see that impact, like when we drink, our aura rings are like, warning, warning, warning. And it's like <laughs> very eye opening. That's when I really started to recognize how it impacts my sleep and mental health and your mental health, your energy, your focus, your anxiety, everything is tied to your sleep. And if drinking impacts your sleep so much, that's how you perform the next day physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. So just something to think about. And I recognize it in my clients too. Like anyone we've mentioned the aura ring, like recommending it to them, they've just like unintentionally cut back on drinking because they really start to recognize how much it impacts their recovery score. And it's like you're trying every day to improve your recovery score because that improves your energy, your performance, your health and fitness goals. And you don't realize how much your sleep impacts your fat loss and your training in the gym and everything, your muscle protein synthesis until you see it take negative hits. And then you realize, is it really worth it? Yeah. And it's, it's so eye-opening because like you will literally feel like on those days where those sleep scores and the REM sleep, the deep sleep is, is all impacted from like alcohol, for example, I just can feel myself more irritable and more stressed the next day. Like when we're not getting that quality sleep, we are like, we're not as resilient, you know, to, to stressors that happen, um, throughout the day. So if you think about this guys and like, say, you know, we get in the habit of like almost drinking every night, you're then almost starting that next day, every single day in kind of that stressed, anxious fight or flight mode. Um, and that's something I think is important to assess because if we're having those negative emotions and we're, you know, feeling the negative ramifications of consuming alcohol, you know, why would we keep doing that to ourselves when we know we could just pull back just a little bit and we we would make a massive difference in the way that we look, move and feel. And so, you know, the third one that we really want to talk about is the impact on our organs. And so, you know, think about like the liver, the pancreas. So the liver metabolizes alcohol, but excessive amounts of consumption can lead to fatty liver disease, alcoholic hepatitis, fibrosis, cirrhosis, 
Alcohol also causes the pancreas to produce toxic substances that can lead to pancreatitis, um, dangerous inflammation, and swelling. And so, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, when we think about, you know, chronic excessive alcohol consumption, we, I mean, this is, this one's pretty obvious guys. Like we know that's not going to be good, especially for some of our vital organs, like the liver that literally is responsible for processing and metabolizing that alcohol. And so this is one of those things where, you know, especially with us, you know, being kind of just like in our late twenties and stuff. And and a lot of our listeners being, you know, younger, this is one of those things where, you know, we might not notice it right now, but over time can ultimately lead to some of these, you know, more serious long-term health implications. And this is, you know, just like we say in the beginning of this episode with, you know, the Nash bars, it's not something that like eating that processed food or, you know, drinking alcohol, if it's something we do some of the time, we're not going to have to necessarily worry as much about those long-term health concerns. But if it's something that is a consistent, just part of our life that we're always doing, then, you know, we have to think, you know, what are these habits ultimately going to lead to long-term? Yeah. And the next one is definitely hits home for me because this was my big motivator. You guys know we are a big spicy mark people. I would wake up the next day and my stomach would feel absolutely ruined. Like it was on fire. <laughs> and alcohol is an inflammatory food. So when you're drinking it often, it's causing inflammation in your gut. And if you already have, and I feel like women may struggle. I just hear it more often from women that have GI issues or IBS or food intolerances that like we already have so much working against our digestive health, which really impacts our fat loss goals. And to have alcohol be another thing that triggers things like ulcers, acid reflux, gastritis, and it can also have an increased risk of certain cancers, but it really causes a lot of damage to the tissues in your digestive tract, which like I said, is already something we really have to prioritize is proper digestive health because this will impact how you absorb the vitamins and nutrients from the foods you're eating too. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is even something where we've noticed between like drinking more like seltzers, we know that it kind of just disrupts the way our gut health feels the next day versus like keeping it to like a nicer like liquor um, and doing like a mixed drink with that liquor. Like I just definitely noticed myself like the difference in how that leaves my gut health feeling. Um, And that also plays into, you know, number five, which is you know, our immune system. And we know that consuming a lot of alcohol can weaken the immune system, making the body more susceptible to both sickness and disease. Like, I mean, this one's pretty obvious too. Like think of any time that you guys have like after a night of drinking, like the next day, like, or even that upcoming week, like you get sick and it's very, you know, easy for this to happen because when our you know immune system is vulnerable from the drinking, you know, we are going to be more susceptible, you know, to potentially getting sick. And when you have a lot of weekends of drinking back to back to back, I see it quite often with clients, especially this season of the year, going on bachelorettes, getting sick the week after. And then it's like, then we have a wedding the next weekend, then they're still sick. So it's like weeks of decreased recovery and decreased energy. And it just slowly starts to add up. So once again, the compound effect of these things is really important to recognize. And the next one, which is number six, I think this is really important for a lot of us to recognize because your cortisol levels are something that impacts your fat loss so dramatically. And our stress levels are constantly working against us. We have big stressors. We have little stressors constantly throughout the week, throughout every single day. And alcohol can increase the production of your cortisol and insulin, which those two things can really shut off the fat burning process for a lot of people. So really paying attention to managing your stress levels is number one, the most important thing, but also paying attention to how you feel after drinking. Once again, self-awareness is key. So really prioritizing stress management, decreasing your cortisol, decreasing your insulin is going to improve your body composition. So paying attention to how alcohol disrupts all of that is going to be a huge motivator for a lot of people to scale back their drinking. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, with the hormone production and just the impact on hormones that alcohol can have, this really goes hand in hand with, 
seven, which is metabolism. And we know that you know alcohol contains calories, obviously, um, which can affect metabolism and appetite, potentially leading to you know weight gain. And this is something where a lot of people think that like alcohol is just like empty calories, or you know doesn't necessarily count toward our total calories for the day. But it can definitely add up. You know, most kind of like seltzers, beers are around like 100 calories. So, you know, you do the math. If you have like, you know, four or five drinks in a night, it's going to be like four to 500 calories. So it's just something to be mindful of. And this is what we teach our clients and coach our clients through where, you know, if you are going to be drinking, you are going to incorporate that, you know, into the weekend or into some of your meals, just account for those calories. Like we know there's still going to be some other negative health implications in the way that we feel, um, maybe potentially the next day or even in the moment. Um, And especially as it relates to metabolism as well, we know that it can disrupt digestive absorption. So how our body will digest and absorb carbs, fats, and proteins. So, you know, all of those things are still potentially going to happen to our body. But, you know, on top of that, we can control, you know, the impact on, you know, basically the total amount of calories that we consume in a given night or in a given day. So, you know, if we are being mindful of this, if we do have fitness goals, you know, it's something we can easily incorporate into our diet from time to time and still, you know, see that weight loss happening or still, you know, maintain a calorie deficit as long as we're controlling those total amount of calories. But what happens a lot of times is, you know, we have a night out and it's like, you know, five seltzers, two mixed drinks, five shots. And it's like, before you know it, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Like you're racking up that tab of calories essentially um, without even realizing it. And so, you know, it's just important to understand this and it can kind of help you in those moments where, you know, you're going for a night out and you're like, hey, let me just stick to like this one type of alcohol. And let me like give myself a specific number I'm going to try to hit and like not, you know, go over that. Just adding a little bit of structure, you know, to the evening or to the night out. If you have certain goals, you know, where you know that this could impact those goals over time. Yeah. And I think that there is freedom and structure. So like pre-logging how many drinks you're going to have really gives you that buffer essentially. So for me, I'll pre-log like if we're going like last weekend, we went to Cleveland. I pre-logged like I think I did five margaritas because I know my sweet spot's four, but I was like, this will give me a buffer of calories because like if we're eating out and I happen to order another one, like I'll have the calories there. But if I don't drink it, I can just delete it and I'll be under my calories or right at them. So I think it's really important to factor it into your calories because I've had people in the past say like, I'm, you know, pre-logging what I want. I'm like really intentional when I go out and I'm like, well, did you log all your alcohol? And they're like, I may have left a few untracked. And I'm like, go back and track it just for like educational purposes to see like how it is impacting your calorie deficit for the week. And I remember this client specifically went back and logged it and it was like 850 calories of alcohol that wasn't accounted for. And that right there can disrupt your calorie deficit significantly. So then it's putting you into a surplus. And if I know that pre-logging alcohol, it's kind of like, it sucks to see. It's like spending money on something that you don't really want to, but that money's going somewhere, you know? So like factoring it in is eye-opening. You're like, oh, I wanted to have four skinny margaritas. That's like 500 calories there goes my food for like dinner. But obviously you're still going to eat like you don't want to use all your calories for alcohol. But it's just important to see like you have to factor it in. Otherwise, you're going to stay right where you're at. Like it's uncomfortable to see how much of your quote budget it's taking up. But the alternative is you stay right where you're at or you continue to gain weight if you're trying to lose weight. So it's just really important to have that self-awareness and be proactive in pre-logging. Otherwise, like you can fit it in. You just have to be smart about it. But the next one is it also impacts your blood. Obviously, when you get a test, like if you get a breathalyzer, they're testing your blood alcohol, right? So it impacts your blood significantly. It can impact not only the size and shape of your red blood cells, but it can also lead to anemia, which can dramatically impact your energy levels. And like Zach said earlier in the episode, can also impact your white blood cells, which in turn affects your immune function. And earlier we were talking about, um, you know, insulin and cortisol with the endocrine system. But 
other hormonal balances that we want to be sure of are, you know, our testosterone and our estrogen. And this is where alcohol can imp impact both of these for men and women. And this is something I think is highly underrated for men. You know, obviously in our society today, there's a huge focus on testosterone levels. A lot of men are struggling to keep optimal ranges of um, their testosterone. And when we think about the way that alcohol can impact and negatively impact testosterone levels, you know, it's kind of obvious why, you know, it's very, drinking is just very prevalent. It's extremely popular among society today. And I, you know, know for a fact that this plays a direct correlation into, you know, the testosterone levels of most men. And so this can also inc or, um, influence bone health, libido, mood, and other bodily processes from these hormonal imbalances. And so if you're a guy out there, you know, who you, you value having, you know, the, the, those higher testosterone levels, you want to, you know, have high libido, you want to be able to, you know, perform with your lady, uh, you, you want to be careful of this and you want to be mindful of this, like just being real. I know it's kind of funny, um, but it can impact and negatively impact, you know, these areas of your physiology. So just know, you know, what this impact is having on your life. And, you know, if those are some areas you're struggling with, I would audit once again, you know, that volume and that frequency. Yeah. And just like Zach said, this kind of goes hand in hand. Just the reproductive system is something to really pay attention to in your late twenties, early thirties. And this can also be impacted by alcohol. Like chronic alcohol use can not only, like Zach said, reduce testosterone levels. It can also lead to reduced fertility, not only in men, but in women too. It can disrupt your mental cycles. It can reduce fertility. So like thinking about like, I have a lot of clients who have hormonal health as like their number one goal. Like they want to get married or they just got married, want to get pregnant in the next few years. I'm like, things we need to look out for is like your stress levels, your alcohol intake. So just scaling back on that slightly can make a huge impact in your hormone levels. Because when you get labs done, like that's something we can control. There's a lot of our internal health that we cannot control, but this is one area where like your habits directly impact your internal health. And it's something we really can control. Absolutely. And really lastly is dehydration. We know that alcohol is going to dehydrate us. And this is where we just have to be smart about us. I think a part that's underrated with kind of avoiding this dehydration is getting ahead of it like the night or day before um, you are going to consume alcohol, like really trying to keep yourself well hydrated, you know, going into, you know, a night, for example, or a situation where you are going to drink alcohol. And then for sure, making like making it a major priority, especially that next day, um, you know, to really hydrate that body and get water back in, because we know that this is also what's going to lead to us really feeling that fatigue and feeling just that energy depletion as well. And so if we can get ahead of it, you know, on the front end and then cushion it on the back end, you know, with a high level of water intake, this is going to really help with the dehydration that comes from alcohol consumption. Yeah. And one of my biggest tips that I recommend to my clients and also that Zach and I incorporate is making sure like you really front load your day with water, like Zach said, but also weaving in. I used to drink liquid IV. And then one of my friends was like, it's actually pretty high in sugar. Like a water boy is a 1% better option. So water boy, you can get them on Amazon. You can get them like other places too online, like their website, for example, but they have like a sports hydration one. And I'll drink one of those before we drink. And then one after, and even one like the next morning, because like your hydration levels impact so much. Like if you wake up or even when you get home from drinking and you're like, oh, I can't wait to smash. This was us for a while when we first started dating. We'd come home and make like broccoli tots in the air fryer. We would eat like popcorn. We would eat like drunk snacks. Like those drunk munchies are like a direct correlation to your dehydration level. So like you come home, you're feeling like your decision making is decreased. Like Zach said, like your cognitive functions decision making is decreased. Then you're dehydrated, which means you're feeling hungry. Then you have these like soul foods or you go out like in college, I, we would always go to like Eurogyro, a place um, in Kent and get like 
fried foods, like soul foods to the max. And I remember when I was prepping, I'm like, okay, I can't have this, but I'll go home and like pre-log like something that I know I want. And because I was scaling back on drinking too, I was hitting a gallon a day. Like I was making better decisions and my body composition reflected it. So everyone was like, how are you able to balance like your last semester of college and competing? And that was how like I cut back on drinking. I couldn't have drunk snacks. I like had to be intentional with my calories in, calories out and my hydration levels and all that went hand in hand. So it helps you make smart decisions when you're snacking after drinking. And also it helps you with overall just like preventing hangover. Like that's the number one thing. Like I don't want to wake up a Sunday morning feeling like shit. So you drink more water, you feel much better. When it's like the car example, like you're not going to, if you have one flat tire, you're not going to slash all the rest of the tires. And the same thing goes with like when you're drinking, if you're going to have a night of drinking, like try not to just completely blow off the whole next day or like, you know, repeat those same habits the next day and then the following day. And then like letting those habits from like one day or one night of drinking trickle over into like the next one, two or three days where, you know, you look back and it's like, damn, I could have like really lessened the blow, just kind of like cutting myself off after that, you know, one night kind of getting back on track with the hydration with, with good, healthy nutrients and stuff like that. So once again, that goes with just, you know, if you're going to do it, just be smart about it. And, you know, if you value both optimal health and alcohol, and you still want to drink alcohol, just know those impacts and try to pull back on, you know, we always go back to it once again, that volume and that frequency. Yeah. And if you're, and like we said in the beginning, like we don't want to like demonize drinking, but it is also a toxin, but it's a very common, like it's normalized in society as a toxin very normal. that's, that's cool to do often, you know? So it's something just like really important to factor in. And we have that balance. We're not always perfect. Like there are, there are weekends where I always say it's never a failure, it's a lesson. And it teaches me how to balance it into my lifestyle. But my biggest piece of advice, like if you want to see improvements in your body composition is to, like we said before, factor it into your calorie goals for the day. You have to pre-log it, be intentional. So you have those calories as a buffer, but you're also not pulling from all the food you're going to eat that day. Cause that's going to lead you to feel even more hungover is going to make you feel like shit. So it's really important to pay attention to how that factors into your calories. You don't want to pull from your protein. So I would say like on days where you're factoring and drinking, like really prioritize protein at every single meal because drinking also impacts your muscle protein synthesis, which then impacts your fat loss and your body composition. So you want to control as much as we can control and pull it from your carbohydrates or your fat. What I do is I log, like you can literally search, like I search Sauvignon Blanc as carbs or margarita as carbohydrates. So you want it to pull from the carbs. You don't want it to pull from protein. And I also don't really want to pull from my fat because fat is so good to keep, like to keep you full. Also, it's good for your hormonal health. So I'll pull for my carbs because that's typically where you have the most like wiggle room or access. And then what you also want to do is make sure that you pay attention to what kind you're drinking. So like Zach and I said, like we've found seltzers make us feel more hungover. We found like certain alcohols like don't agree with us. So we'll drink and this sounds so bougie, but it's like if you get a certain liquor that like agrees with you, we'll just get like Casamigos with soda or Casamigos and a skinny margarita because that doesn't make us feel as hungover the next day. And we found that out through trial and error. So figuring out like what alcohol agrees with you, fitting it into your macros, making sure you're very hydrated, because obviously, like we said, it impacts your future workouts and recovery. So in the past, we had let it impact our Sundays. Like think about how much this impacts, like your weekend is not just two days. Like when you think about it in the grand scheme of a year, like it's, it's a good portion of the days. It's a good portion of your consistency, your adherence, and whether those habits are working for or against your fitness goals is up to you. And we used to, in the past, once again, never a failure, always a lesson. We would spend Sunday in bed after some pitchers of margaritas. Literally like wouldn't move. Yeah, we would walk the dogs, but that was about it for our activity. And then 
you know when you're hungover or you know when you get home from drinking like for some reason water is like the last thing you want but it's the thing that you need the most so I would like slack on my water the next day so not only did this Saturday trickle into my Sunday but it impacted how I felt on Monday it impacted my food choices you know those soul foods the fried foods everyone's like it's the cure then you're eating a bunch of soul food the next day so then your 80-20 balance is continuing to be disrupted by this decision to drink and not, not saying you never can but like really think about how can I improve the next day and just get right back into routine? So old us was doing those things like being inactive, not drinking enough water, eating soul foods. Then Monday morning, we're going into a workout like, wow, why do I feel like crap? And that's why. So what we've done now is like we don't let Sunday disrupt, Saturday night disrupt our Sunday. We'll obviously get proper sleep as much as we can. Our aura ring is still like, what did you do last night? But then we make sure to drink a ton of water before bed. We wake up, we drink water. We have our coffee. We have like goal foods all day long. Like we don't allow for that soul food like the following day because obviously alcohol is your soul food the day before. So we really prioritize protein, produce at each meal, which is like colorful foods. You need micronutrients and water, like protein, produce, water all day long. We get back into our goal foods and we go to the gym now too on Sundays just because I have a high step goal and I want to hit it every day personally. So we'll just go to the gym and like walk, like just getting to the gym and like walking or running. And you don't obviously have to do like high intensity. Like I would not recommend like Olympic lifting after a day of drinking because like Zach said, your balance, your functions of your body are delayed, not something you necessarily want to do. But I would recommend doing some movement that like feels good. Like obviously you're going to feel a little bit off. You're going to feel a little bit lower energy, but just like moving your body feels really good to sweat it out a little bit. Um, get your steps in. Keep that promise to yourself. So you're going into Monday saying like, I had some fun on Saturday, but I got back to my goals on Sunday. So you go into the week with some momentum and that really sets the tone for your week. So now we've improved our habits on Sunday, which allows us to fit in drinking on Saturday and not let it impact our business goals, our fitness goals, our mental health as much. And we don't miss twice. I always say that with my clients. Like if you have a soul meal or you're drinking on Saturday night, followed up with a goal meal because old me, I'd be like, Sunday morning, I'm going to go to brunch, hair of the dog, got to have a Bloody Mary or mimosa, got to get like a really fatty like soul food breakfast to cure this hangover. And then that sets a tone for your whole Sunday. Then you're really just like continuing to miss. And if you have that never miss twice mentality, it really helps you like shift that momentum in a positive direction. And I think the way you described all of that paints such a phenomenal picture of this whole concept concept we always talk about with like, what you do most of the time is truly what matters the most. And that's not even from like, obviously from a results standpoint, but even as Christina talked through that just now, like it's more so from like a mindset and habitual standpoint where like if most of the time, you know, you're having those soul foods, you know, you're kind of going off the rails every weekend and it like that is becoming your norm. And then like doing the hydration, being a little bit more active, getting back on track, all of those things then become so much more difficult and so much more challenging versus if we flip that around and those are now the norm and then the drinking is only something we do some of the time those good habits are going to overpower those those maybe not so good habits and i truly view i always tell my clients is i always give an analogy of like a tipping scale like what we do most of the time is going to tip that scale in that direction so if we can get a lot of times when people are struggling you know to get results in their health and in their fitness and around especially their nutrition we just have to start to get those habits to change a little bit and get those get that scale to then tip in our favor where most of the time you know we're locked in you know we're we're progressing toward our goals we're being mindful of the total quantity you know of alcohol we're having we're being mindful of our hydration our activity levels that just has to now become our norm if those habits and those results you know are important to us and if you think about the 80-20 balance 20% of your week is one day that means like if one day you're drinking and 80% of the week you are 
eating your protein goal, you're drinking your water, you're hitting your workouts, you're being very intentional with goal food, that one day is not going to dramatically skew your entire week or your results unless you let it trickle into the next day. Then now you're at 70-30. If you let it trickle, if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event, now you're at like 60%. And on a grading scale of like you're in school, what's a 60%? It's fail. So you really have to prioritize that 80-20, which just means like one day, weave it into your lifestyle. That is balance. You can't you know, necessarily say like, I'm going to drink Thursday night for happy hour, Friday night for X event, Saturday night's a tailgate, Sunday, oh, it's NFL Sunday. That was old me. And I'd be like, I have balance, hashtag balance, you know, <laughs> but it really wasn't because it was 50-50. That's not going to give you optimal body composition. It's not going to give you optimal energy, optimal mental health, digestive health. I was like, why is my digestion always struggling? Why are my hormones imbalanced? And it was a direct reflection of my actions. So one thing I do want to point out is also a common question I get about drinking is when my clients go on like bachelorette parties or they go out with friends, they're like, how do you scale back on drinking without making it blatantly obvious where people are kind of like pointing it out or like picking fun of you? And personally, what I, a boundary I said just like unintentionally at first was like, I'm not drinking after midnight because you think about midnight to like two or 3 a.m., like that's when your hangover really tips the scale of like you are horribly hungover. So my mom would always say like nothing good happens after midnight. And to me, I would tell myself that like I don't need alcohol at 1 p.m. or 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. because then you're getting the spins. You feel horrible. So for me, I set a boundary a long time ago. Like I'm just not going to drink after midnight. Like you can have a lot of fun before midnight and you can still stay out after midnight. Just start drinking waters. Nobody even has to know. Get soda water with lemon or just get a water with lemon. Like nobody even has to know if you're worried about what people are going to say. And I think that peer pressure, it only makes you feel worse. Like when you give into what other people want you to do, it just in turn makes you feel like I didn't keep a promise to myself and I really didn't act in alignment with my personal goals. And then it makes you kind of feel like, like crap just physically because you're like, I wanted to do this, but I gave into what everyone else was doing. And I feel like approaching 30, like you do not need to give into peer pressure. First of all, I personally don't take shots that helps me have moderation. Like on bachelorette parties, I just will say like, Hey, I'm good. Like I don't need to do a shot. I'll take a drink though. Cause then you can drink it slowly. You can pace yourself a little bit more. My biggest piece of advice, if you're on a weekend where like you are going to be drinking for a while, like we're both, you know, getting married, both getting married, we're getting married to each other this year and we're both going to have a bachelor bachelorette is what I'm getting at. And so what I recommend doing on a weekends like that, where it's multiple days in a row, like make sure you bring your water bottle with you on a weekend like that. Make sure you have water between drinks. Like if you're going to be out all night, just alternate, like have water between. Cause a lot of times you don't necessarily want another drink. It's just that you want something in your hand. So if you have a water or a soda water in your hand, it helps you feel like you are part of the group and that you're not like taking a break. You're just alternating. So you're pacing yourself. You're able to stay out later. You stop drinking at midnight and then you're good to go. You're drinking water the rest of the night. So you're able to keep up with everyone, but also not feel like crap the next day. So that helps you do 1% better. But also something we haven't mentioned yet that is a huge part of weaving it into your fitness goals is making sure that you choose 1% better drink. So a couple of examples would be instead of like a frozen strawberry margarita, a skinny margarita would be a 1% better option. And my skinny margarita go-to, if they don't have it on the menu, you get tequila, soda, lime juice with an orange slice and you squeeze the orange in it. It tastes so good. Zach's not much of an orange person, but I promise tequila and orange go hand in hand. Um, but also like if you think about like a heavy beer versus a light beer where you think about um, a mixed drink with like a sugary, whether it's a soda or a juice compared to a mixed drink with soda or water or a seltzer, that's much less calories, so you can have more bang for your buck, essentially. So those 1% better decisions do add up as well. You want to pay attention to the sugar intake, the calorie intake as well, because when you're pre-logging, you'll see how much you can fit in when you make a 1% better decision versus a higher calorie beverage. 
So like we said, like you don't have to cut out alcohol completely unless that's in alignment with your goals. Like we also completely support that. I have a lot of clients who don't drink at all, but it's just something to be aware of that like you want to make sure you have that balance and moderation may look different to everyone. But when you take when you take that number of like what's 80% of your week, that's six days. So you have to make sure that you are really prioritizing, like limiting things, doing 1% better and just taking an audit of your week, week by week. And based on how you feel, make those changes that make you feel better, make you see those changes in your body composition and also align your actions with your goals. So just really prioritize that balance and be honest with yourself of what that balance truly looks like. And I promise like you'll be able to see those goals you're looking for on your health and fitness journey in your work as well. Like obviously we have business related goals. Drinking impacts that our energy, our mental clarity, our immune function. Like we can't be sick. We can't be tired all the time. We can't be having brain fog. And also our hormones are important to us. And you know, just impacts a lot. So we basically wanted to give you guys all of the facts, tell you how we weave it in, how we've shifted things over time, just to give you that permission to do it yourself. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you guys have any questions about anything alcohol related or fitness related, obviously shoot us a DM on our personal pages or on Life Rewired. But we hope you guys share this episode as well. Share us, tag us, tag Life Rewired, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace out, guys.